thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, in your, um, or in your bulletin is the outline for the message today. And um, I don't think I would be <laughs> incorrect by saying the text that you're going to see today, you've probably never heard a Mother's Day message out of it. And I don't want you to think, oh, my gosh, our pastor, he needs to get away. Anybody got a a house in the mountains? But this story in the Bible is rich. I'm telling you, it's rich. You're going to see it, and we're going to start reading it, and right away you're going to go, oh, my gosh, this is Mother's Day. All right? But I want you to stay with me, okay, because there are three huge, heavy, great points that I do not want you to miss, okay? I want you to go to your Bible, 1 Kings chapter 3, 1 Kings chapter 3, I want you to look at verse 16, okay, here we go, right off the bat, you're going to go, oh my gosh, all right? Some of you are already going, I can't believe he's fixing to preach this. All right. Verse 16. Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, My Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day my child was born. On the third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because the woman lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night, took my son from my side while, I was, while your servant was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning, got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. But when I looked him closely in the morning light, I saw it wasn't my son that I had born. The other woman said, no, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, No, the dead one is your son, and the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. And the king said, This one says, My son is alive, and yours, your son is dead. While the other one says, No, your son is dead, and mine is alive. Then the king said, Bring me a sword. So they took the sword. So they brought a sword to the king, and then he gave an order. Cut the living child in the two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, don't give her, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other one said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman and do not kill him. She is his mother. And when all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they had, they, they, the king was in awe because they saw that he had great wisdom from God to administer such justice. Now take a deep breath <laughs> and understand this is not your typical text for Mother's Day. But my friends, I'm going to tell you something. There is major, major truths in this text. And moms, I want you to listen carefully. And not just moms, but every one of us. You see, this story 
grabs your attention because there's two ladies and they're prostitutes. That's what makes you sit up tall. That ma- that's what makes you in church go, what? You can't even say that word in church. Yes, you can. We say we're people of the book. Well, we're people of the book. It's in the book. Now, there's a lot of, there's a lot of truths in this story, and I want to unpack them for you. First, you see there's two mothers in the story. They're both prostitutes, okay? Both these babies were born in sinful conditions, okay? The men that, that are the fathers of these babies pay for their services and produce these babies. So you might be asking, why in the world would Solomon even entertain this request? Why is the king over God's people even giving this request from two prostitute women attention? It's a good question, and I'll tell you why. Solomon is concerned about these two two prostitute moms because God is concerned about these two prostitute moms. Let me say something to you. God loves these mothers as much as any mother in the world. He loves them. First thing I want you to see on your outline is this. There is no such thing as a perfect mother. Some of y'all are like, oh, man. Preacher said it. Y'all hear that, kids? I'm good. I'm off the hook. There's no such thing as a perfect mother. There, I mean, all moms in the world, my mom included, tried her hardest to do the best she could do. And though inside of us as moms, we have a desire to be perfect, you can't be. You can't be. You can't be a perfect mother. The only way to be a perfect mother is to never stand on this dirt ball and mother. Just stay in heaven. All right? You can mother saints and be perfect, but you can't mother here and be perfect. So understand something. Solomon knew this. Solomon had wisdom from God. Solomon, Solomon knew the ruling on this that he would make. It was a beautiful way of doing this. And you understand what Solomon was trying to do when he gave his ruling. Okay, But understand something, moms. The beautiful part is we sit up in church and go, oh, man, they're prostitutes. How terrible, how disgusting, how bad. But understand something. The same incredible love for every mother is on the same two prostitutes. He loved them. He loved them. His love lavished for them. There's no such thing as a perfect mother. Now, understand something. The church should stand for moral purity. I get that, okay? But a church should also stand, it also should stand for restitution and redemption and a new beginning. When, when these ladies stand before Solomon, they are standing in the presence of the king at this time. They are standing there with someone who has the power given to him by God the Father, by, by the Lord himself. He gave them wisdom. His ruling is over them. Why is his ruling so important? Because these ladies are important. And not just that, this child is important. Very important. There's no such thing as a perfect mother, just like there's no one perfect in front of us. Why do you say that so many times, preacher? Because I want moms to understand something. You need to lighten up on yourself. 
I see moms a lot of times because they're always stressed out because they're trying to do everything with excellence. And there's nothing wrong with excellence. It's just when you chase excellence and you make it perfection. Don't try to be perfect. Give yourself some space. Let yourself have space and let yourself breathe a little bit. Lighten up on yourself. Have fun. Relax. And if a mom can't laugh at herself, I'm not sure. I mean, we laugh at you, so laugh at yourself. Have you ever laughed at your mom? One time, when I was a little kid, I was looking, and this has nothing to do with Melissa, okay? She did a similar thing, but my mom did this. I'm looking for um, corn on the cob, okay? Frozen ears of corn on the cob. My mom is cooking, and my mom simply says, Jeff, can you get the corn out of the freezer? That's no problem. You have a freezer above the fridge. You open it, and corn should be there, you know? So I open it up, and there's not any ears of corn. Now, understand something. I'm about 12 or 13 years old this time, and she's like, you're such a bonehead. Can't you just get corn? And I'm like, Mom, there's no corn up there. Well, she goes down in the cabinet to get the pan that the corn goes in because you have to have a deep one to boil the water, keep the corn kind of mixing, you know. So, so I'm looking for corn, and I'm telling her there's no corn. She's saying, oh, there's corn in there. I said, there's no corn in the freezer, Mom. But there's corn up there. There's no corn. My mom picks up the lid from the pan that the corn goes in, and the little green giant corn ears are in the pan. Now, I don't know how long they've been there, but I'm going to tell you, I don't care how good you cook, I'm not eating them those corn ears. I'm not eating that corn. Okay, so you can get real stressed out as a mom. You can do some crazy things because they're constantly juggling a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, moms are taxi drivers. They, they run the schedule. They set the schedule. They do the shopping. They pick out dad's clothes because Lord knows he won't match. Okay, and you got to pick out kids. You got to check the kids before they go to school too because why? They don't represent dad. Mm-mm. They represent mom. Amen. So she can't walk out looking like that. And see, dads are 40-something years old, but they had a mom. Then they give you to the wife who becomes the adopted mom because you can't go to the office looking like that because there's other moms that are going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe your wife let you get out of the house like that. So it's a reflection of her, too. So everything reflects on mom. So you've got to lighten up, give yourself some breath, give yourself a chance to relax. Laugh at yourself and everything else. So here's the deal. Children's Letters to God. Have you ever read the book Children's Letters to God? There's a couple things, and I want to share a couple of the little letters from from kids. It says, Dear God, I went to this wedding, and they kissed right in front of church. Is that okay? Another one from a child. Dear God, thank you for my baby brother, but that's not what I prayed for. I prayed for a puppy. Please send me a pony. I never asked for anything before. You can look it up. (laughs) Dear God, I I think I've prayed this prayer. Dear God, please send Dennis Clark to different church camp this year. (laughs) There's some moms in here that need to confess. I've prayed that for my child, okay? Dear God, dear God, thank you. No, I think about you sometimes even when I'm not praying. That's an awe moment. That's beautiful. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love everybody in the world. There's only four in my family, and I can't do it. (laughs) That's pretty good. 
I like that. That's pretty good. Last one. Dear God, I didn't think orange went with purple until, the saw, until I saw the sunset you made Tuesday. That was pretty cool. Kids are beautiful. Moms, they're beautiful because you're beautiful. Moms, take a deep breath today and hear this. There's no perfect mom. None. Don't be perfect. Just be the God that God called you to be. Just be that God. And sometimes you've got to laugh at yourself. Life's too short and God's too good to go around frowning all the time. Amen. Too short. Second principle here is that God has answers for a mother's problems. Mm. God has answers for a mother's problems. You see, God did not give Solomon this incredible amount of wisdom to make this decision that he made so that everybody outside the palace would go, ooh, oh, Solomon's awesome. No, he gave Solomon wisdom to make this decision. Number one, because he loved those two women. And number two, he was crazy about that child. Crazy about that child. He has wisdom to spare for parenting responsibilities today. Mom, he can guide you and provide for you in all kinds of situations. Single moms, adopted moms, stepmoms, moms of special situations, you name it. Let me say something to you. Though parenting is different today because the world is different, God does not change He is still the same God that can give you the wisdom today to tackle any situation, circumstance, parenting deal that you face today. I was in uh, Barnes & Noble the other day, and I was on a magazine rack looking at up-and-coming prospects in baseball and basketball and all kind of stuff that I read, and I could hear these two ladies on that couple aisles over, and she was saying that she was having trouble with her little one, and I don't know what kind of trouble, just... She was a small child because I could hear him debating back and forth about what these different books said. And this lady said, I'm tired, and I don't know what to do, and I'm up to my elbows in what to do, and my husband, sorry, guys, is no help, okay? (laughs) And that's what got my attention when I heard that. And the other lady said, just Google it, all right? (laughs) Now... I don't have a problem with Google, and I like it, and it's beautiful. But can I just tell you something? There is a limit. My son would disagree, and Paxton probably too. There's a limit to technology. Okay, I'm sorry. But, but Solomon, in that setting, he didn't know they were coming to him. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't invite them to come to him. He didn't say, please have this situation in your life and one of you roll over and kill your baby, and then the other mother steal the other's baby, and then come to me with the problem and make me decide in front of all of God's people. He didn't ask for this, and he didn't have any time to warm up for this. He didn't have any time to go to two days for this. He didn't have any time. Nobody sent him an email ahead of time knowing it's coming. And as you as moms, do you get four notes that much? No. Boom. There it is. And dads aren't any help because the only thing we know how to say is, go ask your mom, all right? And so moms are just put on the spot immediately with stuff all the time. 
And moms, let me say something to you. Don't Facebook it. Don't Google it. Don't do any of that other stuff. Do this. God, I need your wisdom, as your book says in James chapter 1. I need wisdom. I don't know what to do. But God, I know you know. And this is your child. Before it was my child, this was your child. And you knew this was coming. And you knew I could handle it or I wouldn't get it. And so God, through this, be glorified and honored. And may you be exalted. And may people be drawn to you by the way I handle this. I'm going to tell you, when you pray that, you think there's power in Googling? You pray that. And I'm going to tell you, God would impart to you wisdom, and you'll make a decision, and it will be incredible. And your husband will go, oh, my gosh, I married so up. She is incredible. All right? And she, he will be impressed, okay? And you can use that as leverage because as soon as you get leverage, you, you're, you're good because you can always use it later. But listen to me. Don't outgrow. Don't outgrow. Don't let technology in the world outgrow God's wisdom that he wants to impart to you as a mom. I'm going to say something to you, mom. You are a chosen vessel of the king. I'm telling you. Because for nine months, you carry God's gift. And in those nine months, that baby knows your voice like no other voice. Knows your heartbeat like no other heartbeat. And when moms speak, I'm going to tell you right now, it's huge. It's huge. I love talking to my dad. And my dad tried to be extremely understanding and impart to me incredible wisdom. And he did a great job, and I love him to death, okay? But I'm going to tell you, there's something about listening to your mom, and there's something about hearing from mom. Mom, I think, just has this special little way of just tuning in to God the Father and being able to speak to us as kids something that came right from God. It's beautiful. Now, I'm not take God, dads, I'm not, dads are like, I'm off the hook. I'm good. I can go fishing. No, that's not what I'm saying. You're coming in June. I'll deal with you then. But here's the deal. I'm just telling you, moms, I'm telling you, moms, there's something about moms and words from moms. And, and moms, hear this. Whatever the problem you are facing, God has the wisdom and the answer for you. He does. The question is, where do you go to? Where do you go to? Run to God first for your kids, for answers to the problems of life. You say, well, I can't find anybody that has my situation that I have of my child. <laughs> You're right. There's a reason for that. So you'll run to the one person that knew that situation was going to come and allowed you to be the person to handle it. His name is God. Go to God. Beautiful little story here. Moms, you might be able to relate. Mother's tucking in a little boy. Summer night, thunderstorm, booming outside. Little boy's trying to be brave because dad... Uh, because he knows his dad wants him to be a brave little boy. And so she's tucking him in, and she gives him a kiss. And about the time she starts to get to the door to turn the light off, the little boy says, Mommy, will you sleep with me tonight? The mom comes over and says, No, I can't sleep with you tonight. I have to sleep with your daddy. And, and she turns and walks off, and the little boy says, Daddy, he's such a sissy. <laughs> so... 
sorry, Dad. But moms just know what to say. Amen? They get, God gives them wisdom for what to say, and they do an incredible, incredible thing. Last thing is this, and then we're out of here. Okay? We've got to beat the other moms of the restaurants. All right? <laughs> Number three is there is nothing, nothing, nothing like a mom's love. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing like a mom's love. In this story, you see two moms. And one mom was willing, was willing to give her son to that other mother so that that child would not be cut in two. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. That's mom. I think if you look up the word sacrifice in the dictionary, it ought to have a picture of your mother every time. Because I'm going to tell you something. Moms constantly, constantly, constantly sacrifice. It's never what they want to do. It's never when they want to do it. It's never how they want to do it. Their schedule is dictated by their children's schedule. And then once they get children's schedule accomplished, then they get to husband's schedule. And then finally, mom can do what she wants to do. If you're going to be the mom that God wants you to be, you're going to have to give up something. You can't be a selfish mom and be a great mom. It's just the way it is. And it's a beautiful picture of Jesus because Jesus gave so much so we could have so much. Jesus gave, mothers give. Our mothers feed us, nourish us, protect us in their bodies before we ever saw the light of day. And what makes moms so incredibly, and why moms always trump dads, in my opinion, is how many people in this world would carry you for nine months and not complain? They carry you nine months before dad ever had to do anything. So that's why mom's always going to trump dad. They had a nine-month head start. They carried him. They carried us. Listen to me. Here's what moms do. They give up sleep in the middle of the night for feedings. They give up what they want to do for us. And many moms sitting in this room today have given up their personal goals to help their children reach their goals. Moms just give. Moms just give. You see, friends, there's nothing like a mother's love. In this story, which is an unusual text for Mother's Day, I truly understand. But you see a beautiful picture of not only a mother's love, but of God's love. These two ladies, this circumstance, this situation, this mother who would be willing to give her baby to another mother to spare its life. You see, mothers are incredible, incredible people. And there's not a perfect mother. And because there's not a perfect mother, the mother is going to have trouble and problems in this world, raising children. You can't do it. You need help. But because of that, God, in his infinite wisdom, is going to impart to you wisdom for the answers to the problems that moms have. And my friends, if you're sitting here today, 
I don't have to tell you, there is nothing like a mother's love. Nothing. Today, no matter where your mother is, no how many miles away she is, you either pick up the phone or drive to her and you give her the biggest hug you could ever give in the world. And you don't give her a hug like you'd hug a teammate. You give her a hug like you'd hug your mama. Because I'm going to tell you, you couldn't start today and hug her enough to eternity to ever make up the difference of how many times she hugs you. She's a hugger. She hugs you, and she loves you. And if you're sitting here today, you're who you are because of great moms. Let's pray together. Father, we love you today. God, thank you for the story that we've seen in 1 Kings. Thank you that we see a picture that sets us free as moms because there's not a perfect mom, and we're not perfect. We need to laugh at ourselves, and we need to have fun because life's too short and God's too good to walk away frowning all the time. And Father, I pray that we understand as moms that we're going to face things that we don't know how to handle. We're going to have hard times. We're going to have times that drive us to knees and cause tears in our eyes because we don't know what to do. We're overwhelmed by the situation. But God, as moms, I pray that we understand that God says, just ask me for wisdom and I'll give it to you, just like he did Solomon. Because he loves them and he loves that child. And Father, we're thankful that there's nothing like a mother's love. It's just an extension of your love for us. And so God, today, I pray that every mom in the house understands that she is loved deeply by you. And there's nothing, nothing that she doesn't have that you can't provide. And I pray she runs there. God, this morning, as you've gathered us, you spoke to us. Even if we're not moms, you had a word for us today. So, Father, I pray that as we enter a time of invitation, Father, where we are invited to move and have an invitation to do what you've asked us to do, Father, that you would cause us to take that step with you. On the other side of obedience is always blessing. Maybe there's a family here today looking for a church home, looking for a church where their family can be a part of God's family. God, I pray you lead them here this morning. God, maybe we need prayer as moms. We need to come to the altar and just cry out to you for wisdom because we're a complex situation and we don't know what to do. But God, I pray today that you will move during this invitation time and be glorified and honored by everything that's done in here. God, move us now in Christ's name. Amen.